Hey there, friend. I had so much fun talking to Molly Kaiser, the guest on today's episode, that I've decided to break this into a two-part series. Part one in this episode, Molly shares how she sold over $8 million in digital products and online courses and how her business has evolved over the last decade. And then in next week's episode, she's going to walk you through step-by-step exactly how you can use YouTube to generate leads every single week for free, get them into your funnel, and sell your online courses. This really is one of my favorite chats ever on the podcast, and I'm so excited for you to listen in. Hi, I'm Anna Conchar. I work two days a week and run a multi-million dollar online business. I also have my MBA and I am a mom, foodie, and avid traveler. I started this show to teach you how to monetize the skills, knowledge, and passions you already have so you can put life first instead of work. Making money doesn't have to be hard or complicated or require you to grind 24-7 when you focus on the right things and that's exactly what I'm going to teach you. So if you're ready to have more time, money, and energy to do what makes you happy and really live life, you are in the right place. Let's build your million-dollar side hustle. Welcome, friends, back to this episode of Your Million Dollar Side Hustle. I am thrilled to introduce to you my guest today, Molly Kaiser. Welcome, Molly. Hello. Very excited to chat all the digital passive things today. (laughs) Yes, me too. And I'm not going to lie, before we hit record, Molly and I, I'm pretty sure are like soul sisters (laughs) in the online space. And I'm like, oh, we're best friends in 16 minutes. That's a record. (laughs) Yes. So I am obviously very, very excited about our conversation today. But before we dive into all the digital products and all the amazing things that you can teach our audience. I'd love for you to just start a little bit about your story, how you started your business, and what you're focused on today. Yeah, for sure. So when we were chatting right before this, I had shared that I'm from Wisconsin. And Anna's like, oh, did you go to the University of Wisconsin? I was like, no, I like barely passed high school. I remember I talked to my guidance counselor and he looked at my grades and he said, well, your only option is the military. (laughs) And that just like pissed me off because I was like a super punk rebel. Like I would drive to Milwaukee on the weekends and go to like punk shows at the rave and stuff. Like that was kind of my high school experience. But I, even in high school, I was like, I can get into any college I want. All they want is my money. And sure enough, even though I barely passed high school, I got accepted to every college that I applied for because like, we don't need to get into this, but I think a lot of colleges are kind of a scam. So in terms of, you know, you have to pay all this money and a lot of them don't even really help you get a job. So for me, I went to college for art and I studied art and photography. I loved it. It was a great experience, made a lot of friends, met my husband, was super fun. But what I noticed through my art classes, so at least in art school, uh, Mm -hmm. they, they were not teaching me how to get a job outside of college or how to make money. And I remember like watching my student debt just rack up and rack up and rack up and I was just like, I have no idea how I'm ever going to pay this back. So I ended up dropping out. And I, before I dropped out, I rented a camera from the school's library and I went to Craigslist 
and I started booking weddings. And I started, so I was a photographer and I went and knocked on different business owners' doors in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and was like, hey, I'll take pictures of anything that you want to put on your website. And I just kind of started out that way and grew that to a multiple six-figure per year photography studio, which is crazy because I had 81 cents and $60,000 in debt when I dropped out. And then from there, a lot of photographers started asking me how I was having success with my photo studio. And at the same time, I was super busy trading my time for money. So I was doing like five to 10 photo shoots a week, Mm -hmm. sometimes doing weddings on the weekends, managing a team, doing all the marketing, the business, like everything. And so when people started asking me for help with photography, I started doing coaching and then realized this is just making me even busier and having less time. So when I found out about things like eBooks and online courses, I remember I even called my dad on the phone. I was like, I figured it out. Like I found out this thing, digital products, and I'm going to be a millionaire. Like I, like the confidence in 20, 20 whatever year old Molly was insane. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's basically how I got started. And I started with a blog. So I knew that I would need an audience for helping photographers because my current audience was for photography clients. So mm-hmm. two different followings. And so I started blogging one to two times per week. Within six months, I had about... 5,000-ish people on an email list. And the rest is history. (laughs) And, but like, crazy numbers, though. Like, you've sold over $8 million in digital products of some sort. I definitely never thought that I would do that. (laughs) Like, I definitely did not start the blog being like, I'm going to make millions of dollars. I definitely knew I wanted, for some reason, I had it in my head that I wanted to be a millionaire by 30. But Mm -hmm. obviously, in order to be a millionaire, like have a net worth of a million dollars, you don't need to bring in $8 million in revenue. So that definitely wasn't my goal. But along the way, it, I mean, we can, we can get more into it, but along the way, that's, that's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. And let's talk more about that. Because I want to learn your ways of making $8 million. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So when I first started, so I had this blog and built this email list. And I basically started just putting out these different little digital products. And I remember I knew photographers really, really well. And that was the easiest part of that business. It's Mm -hmm. been a lot easier than with the business I have currently. Because with that business, like I literally was the ideal client. I was living the life of the ideal client. And all of my friends were my ideal clients. Mm. Everyone I talked to. So it's like, I didn't have to research what people's problems were. I didn't have to study other people's sales pages or like look at different things. It's like, I knew just from talking to different photographers that their number one pain point was they wanted more bookings. Mm -hmm. And so that's something if you're struggling with selling your digital products, like really look into that. Look into how can you solve not just a painful problem, but the most painful problem. So like there were other educators out there teaching people how to do posing and lighting and blah, blah, blah. But those people never made nearly the numbers that I did because I wasn't, I was helping them solve the most painful problem, which was getting more bookings. And that's how they keep the lights on. So I came out with a few different eBooks. One was about like email marketing. So it came with scripts and different ways because a lot of service providers actually don't build email lists, which is crazy. Build your email list. So 
I taught them how to like automate so that when they had a client coming to them, they would have a string of automated emails that would essentially sell them into a booking. And as far as I know, I was one of the first people in that space to do that. And then we also had like an automated booking system. So people didn't have to call on the phone into the studio. Like it was pretty cool. But then I came out with another ebook called Model Call. And what this was, was I basically took our number one marketing strategy that was working for my business. And I put it into a 13 page ebook. I think a lot of people hear the word ebook and they think they have to write like a literal book. Mm-hmm. And that's not actually what a digital info like ebook is. Mm-hmm. An ebook, in my opinion, should be step by step how to get someone from where they are now to the results mm-hmm. that they want, like overcoming that painful problem. And so my ebook was only 13 pages long. It gave them screenshots, scripts, templates, exactly what to post, where to post, like every single step. Like you could not mess this up. And I definitely did not think it would be the success that it was. All I was doing was just taking what was working for me and solving the most painful problem for these photographers. And I put it out for sale. We sent out a series of emails at first. And you know, it's it's been since 2015 that I created this. So it's been a little bit of a while and I, I'm not as great. I was not as great with data back then as I am now. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I remember it was either our first or second quote unquote launch. I say that right. loosely because I, I mostly just do emails. I'm not like a huge intricate like launch person, sure. but we did about $50,000 somewhere around there in revenue from a freaking $49 ebook. Like, I mean, that today still blows my mind. I'm just like, that's crazy. And that's the power of like the alignment. Mm-hmm. Like clearly I had found a market that had a problem that no one else was solving for them. Right. And so we you know, we sent out these emails and that's what happened. But the coolest part is that once people used the ebook, mm-hmm. they actually got results. Crazy, right? <laughs> and they started telling all their friends, like I could go in any pretty much at the time I could go in any Facebook group for photographers and search for the word model call, the name of my ebook. And there would be yeah. like threads and threads and threads of people talking about it. So they did all the marketing for me. We did try to run ads at one point. We never made any money with them. Like this was back like before. This was when people were like boosting posts. Like yeah. like ads were not figured out really at this point. Yeah. And so I just, but I just want to be like totally transparent. Like we did like turn them on at one point, but we've never, we never really ran ads to it. We just dabbled for like a week and then gave up. So, but all the $500,000 in revenue that we made from the model called ebook was all organic work. Which five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> from a forty nine dollar ebook? Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing. Okay, so you had your photography business, then you started creating these digital products for photographers, but now your business has evolved again. So, what are you focusing on today, and like, how did that evolution happen too? Oh, and one thing that I forgot to share about oh, yeah. how did I get to the you know, 7 million with that business. So once I found out that that ebook was working so well, I got rid of, like I turned off or retired, whatever you want to call it, all the other products. Mm -hmm. And then I had four different, because at one point I had a hundred different digital products. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm a creative and I'm just insane. And like, by the way, don't, please don't do that. Don't Um, do that. (laughs) <laughs> Please don't do that. And this this is the lesson that you need to hear if you're someone who likes to create a lot of stuff like me. Yeah. So I had this ebook that was working and then I had these four online courses and they were all selling like so-so. 
And I got the advice to just combine them all into one. And so I decided to retire everything and just focus only on the one course. And then we did keep the one ebook because I mean, how can you get rid of something that's like selling so well? And so once we did that, once we retired everything, we essentially, I say we started at zero because we retired everything, started with a new course, zero to two million a year in two years. So like that is the power And yes, we were running ads to our course, paid ads and organic traffic. But like, that's the power of going all in on one to two products. Because even when I had a hundred different digital products, I couldn't crack $500,000 a year. And, and that, Mm -hmm. you know, you always think to make more money, I'm going to make more products. That's what we think, but that's not necessarily the case at all. So that's such good advice. So what was the price point of that course and what was it about? It was a lot of different price points. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so first my courses were 997 and I sold a lot of them at that price and it was mostly mm-hmm. like passive where people would just find the automated webinar and buy it that way. When yeah. we scaled up really quickly, it's because I tried going into what's called like high ticket. Yeah. So we started that at 1997 somewhere around there or 2997. Okay. And then over the over the time we raised it at one point, it was all the way up to $10,000. Okay. But after testing that, we learned that we were actually more profitable at $6,000. And I actually don't do high ticket anymore. And I personally don't teach it or recommend it. Mm-hmm. But that is, you know, just being transparent. That's what it was. So. Yeah. That's so interesting because, you know, obviously you've been in this space now for what, like a decade almost? It's 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, almost a decade. Thank you for uh, making me realize that. <laughs> and I la- I started my business in 2016, but didn't start like the online courses stuff till 2018. But even since oh, then, okay. I feel like you probably have seen this too. It's like there are so many things that go like what's trending, right, in this space. And I definitely feel like high ticket had its moment, you know, And I think one of the, like, it sounds super sexy, like, oh, amazing. I only have to make 10 sales to make $100,000. You have, I know you have a membership, like a, well, it's not high ticket, but it's a high ticket membership. Right. Yeah. And is that, what's the other product? Do you have two products? So we mainly have two products. So they're courses that then have backend memberships. Oh, okay. Um, So it's our, our programs are like, we have a six-week course and a 12-week course. And then after people are done with that, then if they want to continue to have access to our communities and our coaching, then we have like optional alumni memberships. And I will say I do the exact same thing. So even though it is two products on the front, yeah, I do have back-end memberships too. Yes. Yeah. And that's <laughs> a great, I mean, it's a great way yeah. to increase the lifetime value. Uh, and like, like you, I feel like I've tested all the things. Like I've done the high ticket. I've done the... Okay, um, cool. Wow. Yeah. No wonder we're so much in common. We've yeah. both done it. <laughs> and I've done, you know, the like upfront memberships, which I know you have a membership. So I want, definitely want to talk about that. I'm definitely me- the newest to memberships. It's not something I've yeah. done like as yeah. much as courses and ebooks and things. Yeah. And, but I just like, I want to say to everyone who's listening, like, Number one, if something is working, don't mess with it. Even if it's not like the cool in thing, 
And two, I think that you have to understand that there are pros and cons. Like if you're selling a super high ticket, then that means it's also super high touch, right? Like if someone's spending $10,000 or $6,000, like they're expecting. I was going to say it's super high expectation. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like there is a super high expectation there, which again, if that's your model, like, and you love it, amazing. I'm not going to say that it's not right. You just have to be aware of the pros and cons and like small ticket. Mm -hmm. Like for me, like you said, you ran a four, you had a $49 product and you were trying to run ads and they weren't profitable. It's like, yes, a $49 product. Absolutely. Like you can just give them a 13 page ebook and it can get them results and people are happy. But in order for you to scale that, you do have to have like that basically like referral network. Or you have to grow your audience in order for it to sell it organically. Yeah, like there always needs to be traffic from somewhere. Somewhere. (laughs) Absolutely. Like whether you do organic or ads or both, there has to be traffic from somewhere for sure. Yes. So, okay. So you had a $49 ebook and a $6,000 program. Yep. And that was like, that was like at the peak of, yeah, like everything just, I will say just be in case people are curious. Yeah. I will say the pro of a high ticket is people are very invested. I feel like mm-hmm. almost everyone that bought actually did the program. That was probably the number one pro for me. But the con, like the whole reason that I left being a wedding photographer was that it was it gave mm-hmm. me so much anxiety. Like, oh, if I get a flat tire on the way to this wedding, I'm going to ruin these people's lives. Right. Like it, it gave me so much anxiety or like if my SD card malfunctions these their weddings ruined you know what i'm saying and so high ticket also really started to give me that that anxiety like oh like we had people that would like mortgage their car to to pay for the program and i'm just like we did not tell them to do that by the way but like that's what they wanted it but then you know no one's allowed no one can ever promise like 100 percent that you will Mm -hmm. get this result and and we did have a very high great result rate but it made me really nervous because I'm like, these people are literally giving us all the money they have, sometimes all the money they don't have. Right. And I just didn't really, over time, I didn't realize in the beginning, but over time, it just made me like really uncomfortable. Mm. So that would be like the biggest con for me. Love that. Okay. Think it, you have to think about what's the thing you're solving and then what's the type of digital product that best fits with that thing. It's not like oh, a membership sounds fun. So I'm going to make that. It's like, no, no, no. What's what's the A to Z that you're teaching them? And then what type of digital product does that best fit within? That's mm-hmm. that's the way that I look at it. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so you were in this photography space teaching photographers. You had the $6,000 course, the $49 product. Then did you just like one day be like, screw it, I'm not doing this anymore? Or... I mean, kind of. It's... <laughs> to be honest, kind of. So like over the years, and if you guys haven't already gathered this, I used to be like super creative artsy. Like I was like borderline like hoarder. And now my whole house is like super organized, super clean. My Google Drive is like organized to a T. Like I'm like, I've really become like a totally different person basically yeah. than when I started. And so when I when I first started that business you know, how I was like, to make more money, I'll make more products. Well, I also thought to make more money, I'll just make more blogs and more businesses. Mm. (laughs) I don't know. So in 2017, I started a business teaching like courses and stuff. But only a few months in is when my mentor said, you know, you need to go all in on the the one 
ebook in the one course. And so I ended up shutting it down. But ever since then, ever since I had to do that, it's been in my head that like, that's the thing that I actually want to teach. Mm-hmm. Even though I like photography, it it never was something that I loved more than business. Like the whole reason I picked up a camera was to make money. Like I am a business owner. And I think that's also what made me a good educator for that industry because I wasn't a photographer first. I was a business owner first. But so that had been lingering in my mind for years that like, you know, and I started to get flack from the photo community. Like, well, you don't even take a lot of photo shoots anymore. And I'm like, I don't want to take photo shoots anymore. Like, I'm helping you guys make literally so much money. Like I helped some some photographers make way more money than I ever made. Like people making half a million dollars from their photo studio, which is insane, like unheard of. And yet people were still giving me flack. So it's like, I'm helping people make all this money. And yet they're like, you're not an artist. And I'm like, I never claimed to be an artist, you know? Like your photos aren't as good as mine. I'm like, I never said they were. Like, I don't even teach how to take photos. Like I teach you how to make money. And so between the eating away at me of the thing I really wanted to do and then like starting to get that flack, I was just like, I don't really want to like do this anymore. And plus, you know, we were making like, I don't know if this sounds like weird or whatever, but we had made so much money and like put away so much money. Like once you have your basic needs met, it's no longer about like making money. It's about doing something that you really love to go to work to every single day. And like, I do really miss a lot of my students and I miss that industry sometimes, but ultimately I just like wasn't aligned with it anymore. I had been in the photo industry for 16 years. Most people never do something for that long. And so when COVID hit, (laughs) this is obviously like a pretty, you know, a story we hear a lot, I feel like now, but when COVID hit, it was an absolute shit show for our business. Like things were going so well. Like we were hitting like unprecedented numbers, like whatever it like was amazing. And then all of a sudden the government's like, no photographers can take photo shoots. Right. And like we help people book photo shoots. <laughs> so then all of a sudden we're literally getting, and I'm not exaggerating, like fifty thousand dollars plus a month in chargebacks. Mm-hmm. Like people just all of a sudden went nuts. Like people that we even delivered on that bought almost a year ago just because no one had and like I wasn't even mad I had empathy for these people because it's like they weren't allowed to have a livelihood they had no money they really didn't have any other choice but to do these chargebacks I believe that they knew it wasn't right to do the chargebacks because we delivered but at the same time I think a lot of them were in a corner where they Mm -hmm. just really had no other option and so between these three things really all colliding I thought to myself I started my first business in a recession and I can do it again And I was just like, I want to do the thing that I love. And I can either spend the next year working through this absolute shit show that is COVID and like trying to help these photographers, but like they can't even take photo shoots. How can you help someone when they, you know? And so, and I did, I talked to a lot of them seeing like, would you be interested in making an ebook or a course? Like trying to see if maybe I could like pivot and none of, they were like, no, I just want my my photo shoots, I, like they were, they're such artists, you know, which is great. They, they love what they do. They don't want to do something else. And so I just ultimately like ripped the bandaid off. I was like, I need to just do this thing that's been eating at me. And this, although a crappy time was a great time to pivot. I know that's like, yep. You know, yeah. Hopefully you guys understand. Like, I, I truly mean that with a lot of empathy. Like I, I did not take like, quote unquote, leaving my students lightly. Yeah, uh, it was it was a very hard decision to make. But ultimately, I am 
in a much better place because I'm, I'm doing the thing that I really love. So amazing. So what are you doing now? Yes. So my business is called Freedom Creator and we help con, well, I say we, but it's literally just like me and a VA. (laughs) But like I used to have a team of 25 people. So I feel like I'm used to saying we, but I I did that on purpose, by the way. That was another thing I learned is that I didn't want to build a big team again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I actually didn't want to make like if I make that much revenue again, that's cool, but that's not my focus. My focus is like staying lean and profitable. So I can see your head nodding. I love it. So, but yeah, that was my whole intention was doing what I love, doing it lean, doing it profitable, because the whole reason I started my business was to have time freedom. And when I did scale up to 8 million with, you know, 20 whatever employees, I, I didn't really have that freedom anymore. Like I basically felt like I worked for my business. Mm-hmm. And I was also the bottleneck because even though we ran ads, it was still kind of a creator business because I had a blog and things. And so I just never wanted to be in that situation again. I think we can see the common thread here that I don't like being like, like I like waking up and being able to do whatever I want to do that day. (laughs) And so, yeah, so now I help content creators to monetize their followings with digital products. And it's taken like, I started out with just helping people with courses and digital products. And it's really evolved into me realizing that like I am a content creator at heart. I do love making content, although I also love marketing. And I realized that those are actually two very different worlds. And I never realized it. The Mm -hmm. content creation world and the digital marketing world are, yeah, they're two different worlds. One of the most important things that you can do as an online business owner is make sure that you are legally protected. Trust me, as much as you don't want to bother with your terms and conditions and contracts and privacy policies, these things are super important. In fact, about a year into selling online courses, I made a huge legal mistake that cost me more than $50,000. Yes, as much as we don't want to think about the legal stuff, if you don't have it in place, it can cost you tens of thousands of dollars. Now, if you want help protecting your business legally, head to awbfirm.com. Autumn Whitboyd is the attorney for online businesses, and she has tons of templates to help make sure that you are protected from affiliate and referral program agreements to podcast sponsorship agreements to contract templates and terms and conditions. She has it all. And you can go get it right now by going to awbfirm.com. I also have a special coupon code just for my audience. If you use the code Anna K, you'll get 20% off your purchase. Again, that's awbfirm.com. Use the coupon code Anna K and you'll get 20% off your purchase. I love this because, again, I've already decided that we're going to be best friends. Absolutely. I am like in seriously. <laughs> because I started my business for the exact same reason. Like most people who start a business, especially if they're a small business, they're like, I love clothes. So I'm going to start a boutique or, you know, I love food. So I'm going to start a restaurant where like you and I are opposite. We're like, we want to make money. 
what is the thing that we can do and monetize it? You know, it's so we want to make money to have freedom. Yes, exactly. A hundred percent. And I think that's so important because when you work, when you decide to work with a coach, whether it's someone like Molly or me or someone else, you need to make sure that what they have is what you actually want. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Because I mean, for example, like when I created a high ticket program, the person that I was working with, the coach that I was working with that was helping me create it, like the when I started like going down that path, I was like, wait. I am jumping out of my skin because I have this exact same story. Okay, keep keep going. Yes, but I'm like, wait, I don't want what they have. Like they again, like they had a team of like 27 people and they were having million dollar launches and stuff. And and she was like really, you know, pushing like you have to hire coaches and you need employees. And and I'm like, this does not feel aligned with like why I started my business. Girl, and, convinced we're the same person. Let's just insane <laughs> right now. I feel so seen. Like this is amazing. And I think that that's really important because especially when you're starting out or you're a few years in, you know, you're really focused on like making that money, making the money, making the money, which is important because you have to make money in order to actually have a business and you also need to be profitable if you actually want to have the time freedom that we all talk about. But it's also really important that your business is aligned with what you want for your life. Yes. 100%. And which is great because both of us feel that way. But I want to get into this too. But like, we are also opposite. We're like, I do not want to create any. Right. I was going to say that. Yeah. You're like the ads queen. And I, I mean, I don't know that I'm the content queen, but I love content and I feel like I'm pretty, pretty good at it. You know, not to do my own horse. Yes. But again, it's like, I'm not trying to say content is bad when I'm saying run ads. I'm just saying like, if content is not your thing, like, because you you have to and love. also I need to add yes. that yes. in order to run successful ads, one would argue that you do need to know a thing or two about content because you and I both have recently learned this like amazing strategy for Instagram, and I yep. saw that you applied it to ads, and I was like, those are going to crush. And then You're you posted it. that you were getting like three or four dollar leads. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Because when you have organic content that works, it will absolutely work with ads. Yeah. Uh, And so, but you're right. You don't need to become like the Mr. Beast of YouTube in order to have a million dollar online business. Absolutely. Like it's not even about followers. It's more about views and moving people to email subscribers. Mm -hmm. You were sharing about that mentor with High Ticket. I also had a mentor with High Ticket and I want to share with you all a couple red flags that I experienced that mm. I wish I had realized I should have listened to my gut. And I think especially as women, mm-hmm. we are often told or like we often find ourselves with a lot of male mentors mm-hmm. and we feel like we need to listen to everything they're saying because obviously they must have it all figured out. But I think, again, especially as women, we need to really stand with our confidence and our gut and know that, no, we we do know what we're doing. <laughs> You know, and so I had this one mentor where he had asked my husband and I, like, what are your goals? Like, what, why do you want to have this business? And we were like, oh, well, we actually want to retire, you know, somewhat early. Like, I'll probably actually do this on some level kind of forever because it's fun, but we wanted to like not have like, 
to have the option to not right. do it. You know what I mean? Work optional is what I call it. Yeah, yeah. And we were just like, we want to sit on our porch and look at the mountains. Yeah. And like, we told him like this whole, like painted this entire picture, right? And he's like, oh, you wouldn't want that. And I, we were, we kind of like laughed and we were like, what do you mean we wouldn't want that? And he, he was like, oh, you'd be bored in a week. You'd be so bored. You And we were like, what? We love reading. We love painting. Like we have so many hobbies. Like I don't yeah. even work that much. I'm like you. I, I really only work like a few hours a day. I go hiking all the time. I went hiking before this podcast. And that should have been the moment that I was like, this is not the mentor for me. And you should also be really in tune with your gut and be okay with knowing that not every mentor is for you. And I'm not saying this person's advice was bad. I think his advice was probably good for the right people, but it actually did a lot of harm to my business and my personal life because I was getting advice that was aligned with his goals and the things that he wanted and not the things that I wanted. And I've been dying to share that on a podcast. So please, yes, for giving me the space for that. Absolutely. Uh, And I think that is so important. Like everyone listening here, like I actually kind of have this, it's like a loose rule now. But like, I actually don't really work with coaches who don't have kids. Mm. Yeah, because because not necessarily because it's like, oh, you know, like I'm a mom and that's like my whole identity. But more of it, it's it has to do with the lifestyle, right? I I have to understand. Like, yes, that happens to me a lot. I don't have kids, and people are like, "How do you manage your time?" and and I tell them, but then I always say. Keep in mind, though, I don't have kids. So, like, right. you shouldn't be taking productivity tips from me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, I like, for, like, for me, since I've had, since I had kids, like, I am like, I want someone who's achieving what I want from a lifestyle and, you know, like a success standpoint and who's doing it without sacrificing that time with their family. Cause that is this like, right here is when yeah. people say, well, there's already people in my niche. It's already saturated. This right here, you and I do similar things, mm-hmm. and yet people will work with us based on who they resonate with, who's 100%. the lifestyle they want, like who they relate to. And so, no, it's it's not ever too saturated. In fact, it's, it's a great thing because you can look at what people are doing, and when they do things that don't work, that can save you time to not have yeah. to make those mistakes or, or vice versa. A hundred percent. Like Molly and I were actually, like before we even met <laughs> to have this conversation, We've been like DMing on Instagram about like, have you been using hashtags in your reels? I'm pretty sure I just DM'd you and I was like, wait, did you learn this Instagram strategy too? Like, and then we just shared like what was working, what wasn't working. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, I love that, that whole mentality. Like there's so much opportunity. Like it's you do you and people are going to be drawn to you. And if they're not drawn to you, it's, not because your offer sucks or your marketing sucks all the time. Sometimes it's just because you are not the person who they are aligned with. And that's okay. And I don't know if you remember this person, but there yeah. she still exists. I'm not trying to talk about her. Like she yeah. isn't alive or anything, but she doesn't have this business anymore. Okay. But there's this girl, her name's Kimberl Luna. I don't know if you remember her. No. But I think this was before maybe you did online business. I want to okay. say it was maybe like 2014. I could be wrong. But essentially, this girl, she literally came out of absolutely nowhere. Like she, I feel weird telling her story because I don't know if I'm going to get it all right. But like, I'm pretty sure they were on like food stamps. They had nothing. She took out a credit card and decided to run ads to her program. Like she had literally nothing. Like she took her credit card 
And she built a multi-million dollar business. They moved to Manhattan, like all this stuff. And the reason she was able to grow so quickly is because she was herself in a way that was unlike anyone else. So even though she was teaching like Mm -hmm. online marketing stuff, which there's a million people who teach online marketing, she like had a mohawk and she went to punk shows and she wore suspenders. And like, there's no one in online marketing, especially back then. I mean, like, you know, I love Amy Porterfield, but if you put these two people side by side, they could not be more different. And different, like, yeah. so that's how she exploded was all the people that then aligned with her mm-hmm. were like putting their money there instead. And so I just know this is a big question people have. So, so be yourself, like, yes. don't be afraid to be yourself. It will make you more money and you'll help more. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. So that leads us into what you're currently doing. So tell us, what are you currently offering? And really like, what are you using to sell it? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So my business is Freedom Creator and I have just two products. I have learned, guys, I have learned. (laughs) Uh, So I have a membership. It's called Freedom Creator Club and it essentially has different stages where we help you grow your following or grow it bigger and then build an email list. And then we help you create a digital product, sell it and scale it. And then I have a course that's called Profitable Courses and it's pretty self-explanatory. But we help you sell a course to your audience and, you know, really help them overcome that painful problem, of course. And mm-hmm. it's really great for creators because I see when I originally started this business, I didn't have creators in mind, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of started out more helping service providers. Mm-hmm. But over time, and I'm sharing this because things can evolve in your business. Don't be afraid to choose an ideal client. Like you can just shift later. <laughs> yep. But I started joining all these Discord channels and Facebook groups and things for YouTubers. And I started seeing all these YouTubers that had massive followings, like hundreds of thousands of followers. And they're like, oh, yeah, I still have a full time job. I make no money. And I'm like, excuse me, like you literally are sitting on like millions of dollars. Like, what are you doing? And so my passion started to really come out. And I was like, wow, like these, you know, not only do these people need this help, but I really cared to help them as a content creator. And when I would post my videos, people would really start like all these creators would start asking me all these questions. And anyways, it just really evolved like that over time. But so, okay, I have these two programs and I have, man, we've run, we've run millions of dollars in ads. And I've also built a blog with a million page views. I have a YouTube channel now. So I feel like I've done the organic thing really well and the ads thing really well. And I feel like it really comes down to personal preference, but also, you know, you can always do both. And like with my last business, when we exploded, that is what exploded us was we had really good organic through blogging and Pinterest. And then we also had ads. And when we slowed down on the organic, like our ads were going so well, I actually stopped blogging because I was like, well, Right. I don't really want to do this anymore. <laughs> but I will say it actually did hurt our ads. They started to cost a lot more. And I'm not sure, though, if you feel the same way about that. I'm curious. Yeah. No, I would say like for me, I've tried lots of like organic marketing tactics. I don't feel like I've ever found one that's like this I'm doing really well. Oh. So for us, like it's interesting because even though we've always sort of had some sort of organic thing. Like I started out doing blog posts about Facebook and Instagram. And yeah. And obviously we have the podcast. I think um, podcast is really good for nurture. Yes, what do you definitely. Think? Okay. Definitely. 
And, but it's, what's so interesting to me is like every time we pause ads, all of our organic sales drop too. Because yeah, that for sure. the ads are obviously like bringing in new audience members. And, you know, I love to say, especially for people, which I know like you, like you use Hyros and you are a super data driven person. Even but with organic. Also, yeah, I love tracking. Yeah. So it's but it's also interesting to me because it's like there's no like linear path that every single person takes. Right. Yeah. Like someone might see one of my ads and then they go follow me on Instagram. And then they come through and click on a link in my story three months later. And then that's how they get into our funnel. And that's going to be associated with our organic marketing, right? But like, actually, they came from an ad. And, or vice versa, for sure. Right. Yeah. Or flip-flop, right? Like, it's like mm. someone found us on Instagram. And then our retargeting ads for mm. those who have engaged with our page hit them. And now they're coming through the ad, you know, from the ad. So. The most I just popular like, funnel I always saw was people would yeah. find me when we were running ads. People yeah. would find me through an ad, go to my Instagram profile mm-hmm. and go that way. That was a really hundred percent one. Yes. Yeah. So now we we have run this ads for this business in the past. My husband was always the one who ran the ads, but like yeah. to be honest, he really does not enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. And for us, and you know, I First of all, don't come to me to learn ads. I don't even teach ads. So like go to Anna. <laughs> but and I will never teach ads. Like I, right. I taught ads to photographers back in the day. And like I would rather, I just would rather die. So like go to Anna. And she probably yeah. feels the same way about like YouTubes. A hundred percent. I tried to do YouTube videos when we relaunched the podcast. Yeah. I took a year break after Claire was boring. So I was like, I like, I have two kids under two. Like, I literally cannot think. Like, I can't create content. Maybe we need to do some sort of a swap at some point because yes. I, I do think it is really powerful to do both. And, like, this mm-hmm. is just my own personal advice. You know, we obviously yep. come from different worlds of, like, recommend different things. But yeah. I personally think that you should start with organic and get that working first because I just see a lot of people and it depends though. Like if you have a lot of money to test with ads, then Mm -hmm. that's a different story. But a lot of people don't have that money to test with ads. And so my personal story was I started with organic and, you know, got to half a million dollars a year before I even ever ran ads. And even with this business, I did just under $400,000 last year, but it's like the profit margin's insane. We're talking 85, 90% profit margin versus when I was at eight million or $2 million per year. At one point, we only had like a 25 or 30% profit margin because of like the ad cost, but also the team because you have to have a sales team, which is why I don't recommend I ticket. But yeah, so in terms of what I'm doing now, my two main traffic channels are YouTube. And then I have I keep going between TikTok and Instagram because with TikTok, I get a lot of leads, but I'm not seeing them really turn into sales as much as Instagram. But I am seeing a little funnel happening where the TikTok people come to Instagram and then they buy that way. So interesting. that is something I'm still playing with. YouTube, I have really nailed down. In fact, I just had another video hit over 6,000 views in like three days. Amazing. And I got literally hundreds, hundreds of free email subscribers in a few days. And so I do agree though, YouTube, like you have to want to have a YouTube channel because it's a lot of work up front to figure it out. And like with podcasting, you just have to become good at speaking. With blogging, you just have to become good at writing. With YouTube, you have to become good at writing, speaking, being on camera, 
editing, posting, researching, like it yes. just is such a larger stack of skills. However, yes. Yes. once you figure it out, it is like a freaking gold mine. <laughs> like you can literally make my one of my YouTube mentors. I've bought a lot of YouTube programs. Yeah. He said for my niche, because there's also this whole thing where you get paid through AdSense and depending right. on your niche, you make more money than like, apparently I'm in like the most profitable niche for YouTube, which is cool. I didn't realize that. Cool. But he said, even if 2000 views became my average, like there's no reason why that, you know, since I know digital marketing, right. you make millions of dollars from that. So you don't even need to have a mm. giant YouTube channel. Like if you look at Mr. Beast, it's like he has millions, hundreds of millions of subscribers right. and he's literally making billions of dollars like and you don't need to be making unless you want to that's cool like no yeah judgment but like yeah Yeah. you just you just don't need to grow that big to to make a lot of money with it hey there friend if you enjoyed today's episode then you definitely need to check out the powered by passive academy it is my program that teaches you how to make passive income with your own online course membership or coaching program You can learn more about it at poweredbypassiveacademy.com slash learn more. Or if you're ready to enroll today, you can go to poweredbypassiveacademy.com and I'll see you inside the program.